this at the beginning. We're not experts on scams. We just have a lot of feelings about them. Yeah, yeah. a lot of feelings. <laughs> That's what we talked about today. Welcome to The Books We Loved, a podcast through the Troy Public Library. Today we are talking about fraudsters, scammers, hucksters, thieves, and rogues. All of the baddies, the anti-heroes, the people that we like in media. We're very excited about it, why we love them, why we love hearing about them and reading about them and maybe even becoming them. So we're just going to jump right in. We have four people in the room today, so we're all going to introduce ourselves. I'm Olivia, as usual, and then we're here with Amanda, as usual. It's me. It's Amanda. And then we have two special guests today, which is just incredibly exciting. We have our return guest from Welsh College, Scott Wycock. Good morning, everybody. Scott, do you want to just take a second to introduce yourself? Or? Yes. Hi, my, my name is Scott Wyckoff. I work at Walsh College. I worked with uh, a lot of the students there, and I also do, um, I'm an adjunct faculty. I teach finance. Awesome. And cool. if you like Scott's insights today, which you most certainly will, if you're smart, you will want to go back. <laughs> I'm trying to still no be pressure. smart myself, but thank you. <laughs> You'll want to go back and listen to our episode on Wall Street, which was one of my favorite ones, I mm -hmm. think. That was, was a good episode. But thank you. Oh, nice. <laughs> and then we are also here with very first time guest, Claire from 86 Plastic here in Troy. Good morning. Good morning, Claire. Oh. Um, would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your shop? Yes. Um, so I am Claire Maller and I own a refill low waste store in Troy, Michigan um, called 86 Plastic. So you can bring your own containers to refill everything from shampoo to rice and beans and spices and just reducing single use plastic. It's awesome. I've been there just a few times. And I always leave feeling like I like voted or like <laughs> did something good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did something good in the world today. Aw, thank you. Yeah, it's a it's an awesome store and it's very beautiful and there's I lots of plants. That. Yes, lots of plants. All right, so let's just jump right in. So Claire, you picked this topic. Would I you did. tell us a little bit about why you picked it? Why it interests you? Outside of sustainability, I think the human aspect of why people commit fraud is like my favorite thing to talk about. In high school, I had to reach read Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, oh, nice. and oh, I just remember thinking, like, I'm a terrible fibber. Like, I cannot lie to save my life. And this guy is like pretending to be a pilot, and he's lying about it, doing it. Like, how do you get to that point where you like are so confident that you can just be a big fraud? I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. I know. I know. That's, that's crazy to think about that because that's. Uh, because when I thought about fraud, I immediately went to financial fraud. Mm -hmm. But then I also thought about things that relate to, um, like, uh, one book I read was called uh, Economic Hitman. And it talks about confessions of an economic hitman. It talks oh. about how this guy was hired to go into countries and create, you know, uh, to remove people that they didn't want, put in people that they did want, and, and threaten to assassinate people that uh, didn't follow the commands of the United States and governments that were looking to have. So basically over. Central America in the eighties. Oh my goodness. Central America in the eighties. Uh, but you got to fast forward that yeah. too, because it, then it becomes uh, Enron in yeah. the nineties mm -hmm. and all the other things that relate to that. But I, I can't wait to hear what so, you have to say about yeah. I like, I don't have as much about like specifics of those, but like just the huge, like how the, the behavior like, character development of yeah. how you go from like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, seemingly a typical person to like, like large acts of fraud. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. 
there's, I was thinking about that too, because there are a number of podcasts out there that are about scammers uh-huh. and, and mm-hmm. um, fraud. And I was wondering why it works so well in that sort of serialized, kind of prolonged format. And I think it's a little bit about, it relates to what you said, Claire, where it's like the audacity of lying mm-hmm. and breaking that social construct mm-hmm. is if you have good girl syndrome, as some of us <laughs> do, pointing to myself, um, it's like thrilling yeah. to be like, wow, they just broke all these rules yep. that I am so adamant. And like my whole life is, you know, being honest and doing the right thing. And sometimes it's just like so fun. And like I value being a good, honest person. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I'm also super interested how people can not be good honest people yeah it's interesting we don't want people to scam us right and we don't want people like maybe like we don't want the punching down kind of fraud right like Mm -hmm. poor people are getting scammed yes yeah but i like the kind of robin hood sort of same same (laughs) (laughs) i love it yeah and that comes up in that new york times article i think so this sort of Brings up all of the different kinds of fraud stories that there are out there. And Scott, you talked about that a little bit before we started recording, how you come from a financial background. So you're thinking about things like Wall Street or the big short or the, right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. financial fraud. Also, too, you go back to, but then I think what Claire was, what was interesting about what Claire said with, um, with the guy from Catch Me With You Can, uh, which was brilliantly played by Leonardo DiCaprio. And the reason why I went, way back on on what it meant to think about fraud. Uh, there was a guy by the name of Ponzi. I can't think about his first name. I probably have to look it up on my phone. Oh my phone. gosh, yes. Did you bring up Ponzi? First name scheme? I don't know, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, Ponzi but Ponzi, But Ponzi was the guy who started, I think it was like a, a stamp scheme with the U.S. Post Office. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that related to, I mean, he, well, he did a lot of that. And you think, yeah. what made him go there? And, and was what he was doing starting out as being honest? Or did it, mm-hmm. did it, or was he always dishonest? And then he just kind of just rode that 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 mm-hmm. magic carpet into the depths of uh, 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 just evilness and despair and whatever else comes along with being that kind of a person. Yeah, I think I kind of tried to like break it up into different between like all of the fraudsters that we've talked about. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. like I feel like they kind of all fit like different categories of like seeking justice or that Robin mm-hmm. Hood. Oh, very interesting. Um, okay, and then just desperation like it went too far or Mm -hmm. like they're just in over their head kind of like elizabeth holmes i think Mm -hmm. um and then that kind of like rebellion trying to prove like how like unethical capitalism is the system yeah Yeah, that yeah and then you know the other bucket i think more applies to like financial fraud of just like right not good people. I don't know how to like nicely summarize. Just, just not <laughs> yeah, good people. Yeah, yeah. You know, Wall Street. Can we talk about like those one at a time? So, what yeah. was your first one? Maybe we'll dive into that. For I love the structure. Um, oh, I actually <laughs> forgot one too. Uh, notoriety, because I that was yes. another thing I kind of wanted oh, to talk wow. about yes. was like how sensationalized we've made some of these stories, and like I can see how maybe some of some of them might be doing it just for the sensationalism of Mm -hmm. can you think of an example there's a new netflix show i cannot think i think his name's joe low and he's like a just he was like a socialite and he just was hanging out with celebrities and i think it's more of just 
mm-hmm. and kind of more like Anna Delvey. Just yes, that's who I was yes. thinking of. Anna Delvey. What about the guy that did that festival and got all those Fire Fest? Fire Fest. Here's another one where I feel like I love it, and some of them overlap. I feel like he was notoriety, but I also just think he was like after some serious coin. Like he was just a very selfish person. So there's like some of that. That is interesting. This is going to be an education for me as well. Oh my gosh, there's so much you can go down a huge rabbit hole. I know. That's cool. Have you heard of the Fire Festival? Yeah, I I did hear of it, but I thought of it. You know, I'm I'm kind of one of those. "Eh, What the heck is that? I'm not even paying attention to it, and that's kind of how I look at some of those things. Yeah, that's how that would be me with the financial world. So this required a lot of research for me. Like the Big Short, I was like, I don't know how to explain. (laughs) Well, for those of you who don't know, the Fire Festival was, and I don't know a ton about it, but what I've gotten through kind of cultural osmosis is that it was a. Uh, it was supposed to be this really fancy, ritzy, luxe um, music fe- festival, music festival mm-hmm. for like rich and famous people to go to, and they were yeah. expecting it to be very ritzy, and it turned out to be not. And it was like a endurance. <laughs> yeah, they were like running out of water. There wasn't enough food, and literally get out of there fast enough no. because there was no transportation. So it was. And the crazy thing is that they had people like. Kendall Jenner and people like that promoting this, knowing that they didn't even have anything that they promised, no housing that they promised. They were literally in FEMA tents, like wow. not. That's crazy. It's just, they took all of their money and then didn't say like, "Hey guys, this didn't pan out." Like, here's your money. We back. really wanted to put on this festival. It's just not happening. Like, there's uh, two really interesting. Hulu has one, and then uh, Netflix has. They're, they came out like the exact same time. Um, they're both a little different, but mm-hmm. they're both super interesting. Like how they got to that point. I think that was like that kind of desperation. Like mm-hmm. you, like they had good intentions seemingly, and then it just wasn't panning out. And I was like, okay, well. So instead of pulling the plug yeah. on it, they just kept kind of like. Kept promoting it, hoping for the best. I don't know. Knowing the worst was going to happen. FEMA 10. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Like, can we make that sexy somehow? <laughs> No. <laughs> That's crazy because you also think about then reputational fraud and, mm-hmm. and, well, and the notoriety. Yeah. I guess it goes back to that, and it's very interesting that somebody would continue to do something like that to have you quote unquote drink so the Kool Aid. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <gasps> Speaking of drink the Kool Aid, I was going to mention Jonestown later. Oh, that's a good that's a good topic. Where it's that's like what fraud, I thought about but it's well. also like a cult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which frauds and cults? Do your research. Oh, yeah. they, they start to overlap. So yes, um, anyone that's a big true crime person. I don't know if you're a true crime at all. You have a favorite type of true crime. Mm-hmm. Some people, it's like fraud. My cousin, it's cults. She will watch or read anything about cults. Mine is serial killers. It's a little intense. Yep. Sorry, Same. I went there. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody has like their weird thing, but then you start seeing some of these true crime avenues definitely right. cross paths. Mm-hmm. And this one was for me. I was starting to research, and I'm like, this starts to sound like a cult because the yes. way that they um, – the way that they get you in, and you're probably going to talk about this more with your article later, is they tend to be very charismatic and yep. very convincing in their speech and their appeal. And it's like the fire festival. He, that whole thing, it's like you get enough celebrities to sell it and it becomes this yeah. whole charismatic like effort of, exactly. well, so-and-so's doing it. Well, I got to be there. Oh my yeah, gosh. Exactly. So, But that's kind of crazy to think about that because they all kind of go along the same yeah. line, but it's, it's a crazy extreme to go yeah. through. Yeah. What do you think is the overlap between, I mean, I'm, I'm noting some things like, um, people who like cults, I guess are a kind of scam. Like it's promising you this easier life, a community for Mm -hmm. people who are lonely, you know, they prey on 
vulnerable people mm-hmm. who they who they know they can kind of um, who need something. I was reading a lot about romance scams. There's a lot oh, of that. Oh, those are so sad. Catfishers. Yeah. Yes, people who, and I think we've probably all gotten those. Like, hey, um, could you email me right away? I need a gift card. Like those yeah. kind of scams. But the romance scams are so deliberate and so yeah. evil. There's yeah. a guy that did the scam on Tinder. The Tinder swindler. Yes. Tinder wow, swindler. Wow. I couldn't that's, remember what that his That is crazy to was. think about that one. And it's so sad because because that's like a, you're already making yourself extremely vulnerable by putting yourself out there and then having somebody take advantage of that. To me, that feels even like more personal and, and sadder yep. than financial. Although yes. financial, you can be, the financial scams, you can absolutely be decimated and right, ruined. Right. There's something about ruining someone's spirit and their soul. That you literally stuff. look at them and spend time with them yeah. and, yeah, and, just, yeah. and yeah. have no, that's like, just, such a lack of empathy is one. frightening. And I think it's underreported, too. So oh, romance yeah. scams are like, you know, someone online pretending like they are romantically interested in you in mm-hmm. some way. One of the articles I read was pretty heartbreaking. It was like... The person who is perpetual, the scammer, they get to know you and what you want. This mm-hmm. is what made me think of cults. Like if you're lonely, they, they're your companion. If yeah. you're childless and you wish you had kids, they have a kid who's going to love you. If you, you know, if you need money, they're wealthy and they're going to. And so they, they figure out your vulnerabilities, prey on them. And then the financial fraud aspect mm-hmm. comes in. They need to borrow money. No, they right. need a little more. No, right. they need a little more. So that makes me think of a cult, like figuring mm-hmm. out your weaknesses, yes. the things that you want, mm-hmm. the things that you lack. And We have a cult like that here in Michigan. What's that? I can't think of the name of it. I just saw a documentary what? on it. Yeah. The guy, he went, to, he went to Western Michigan University and he... I, I can't recall what the story was because, you know, you're kind of looking, yeah. doing other things, looking, doing other things. And it talked about how he was saying that he can find that exact match of a person for you. Um, and and he just kind of goes through and just makes that match for you. And I wish I could, it, it, my, it's escaping me right was now. Was it the Netflix documentary? It was a Netflix documentary. Oh, yes. Yeah. I saw, I couldn't watch I it. Yeah. I, I saw the previews. It was crazy. Were there in the I Western know side about of the this. state? Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, no, actually, well, also, too, they had activity over here in Farmington Hills. What? And the cops went over in Farmington invest. Hills. Yeah. That was the one yeah. I read. Too. Okay, now yeah. we're gonna. Oh. People are gonna be shouting the name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I know, I know as they're listening to it. I'm. I'm trying to look it up right now. I'm not. Well, while you guys are doing it. that, I did. Oh. You guys watch Bad Vegan? Oh, I heard yes. about this. That's yeah. another just, just, kind of crime yes, romance, that's right. financial that's right. fraud that that's just right. blows my mind. Of like, she had the most successful vegan restaurant in New York, mm-hmm. which seems like a tall task to fall for someone who is trying to make her dog immortal like how I don't, does the just, mind yes. go there like how like she's seemingly like a very very Smart. intelligent yes yeah how how does that happen i i think that people just know how to tap into things mm-hmm. yeah it's and it's it's just there there's just some part of people that just is just subject to it and mm-hmm. how yeah. somebody lo- knows how to turn that yep. on yep. is either some type of hypno- hypnosis mm-hmm. or it's just in everybody and it's just we just haven't run into the right thing to make us go there yeah, yeah. it's a little bit like soft skills like the you social know, the engineering social yeah and like emotional intelligence and all of the things that I feel like personally that's the end of the intelligence spectrum that yeah. I am on like I love those 
uh, social deception games. Mm-hmm. Have you ever played those? Like One no. Night a Werewolf or like Mafia yes. when you're a kid and you have to pretend like everybody is assigned a role secretly mm-hmm. and you could be the secret bad guy, but you have to kind of pretend if you're not. that you're not. And you have yeah. to, not only that, you're, if you're playing with your loved ones, you have to convince everyone that someone else is the bad guy. I love those games, and I think, and this is my Are you good at those session. games? I'm really good at them. You <laughs> get it out of your system in a socially sanctioned way. Like, yes. it is a game where you're... It's a good is, way to look at it. You sure. know, and yeah. so then you're not going to do it. And that's why it's so fun to watch the scammers... Yeah. Because it is living vicariously through that a little bit, and you're like, oh, yeah, I see what you did there. So, Escaping Twin Flames is what it's called. Yes. I'm going to plug that in. Yes. i just... That, um, yes. Ugh, I called my sister while she was watching that, and she was like, thank God you called me. I couldn't make myself stop watching, and it's so dark. It gets dark. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. No. The confidence. I feel like yeah. that is the piece that I like maybe admire mm-hmm. so me much too. that I just do not possess. And like, I, I, I don't get how you could be this confident to any of these people that we are going to talk about to just – do the things that they do. I don't get it. That's a good segue into talking about Anna Delvey, I think. So, okay, so let's go through your categories again. So we just talked about people who want the notoriety. Notoriety. Who who on purpose Uh are scamming because they want to be kind of like the Annie Oakley or the Bonnie and Clyde, the Mm -hmm. sort of like villain defined because someone like Anna Delvey, even Elizabeth Holmes, although I I feel too sympathetic for her. Like I think there's- I do too. You can tell there's something not quite- Yes, there with her and yeah. and that. What are what do you think about Elizabeth Holmes before we get into Anna Delvey? I think she is the category that I had of like just desperation. Yeah, she mm-hmm. just she had good intentions. She really wanted. She had like a mission, and then just got in too deep and couldn't figure out how to get out. Yeah, and then the lie just kept getting bigger and bigger. And at that point, once you have a company, you have employees, you have, you know, all of the, all of the finances, what are you really supposed mm-hmm. to do? Yeah. Me, I would have never even gotten that far. I would have been like, <laughs> I'm lying. So, but just kidding. <laughs> when you don't have that like social filter to be able, like that thing that I think that she's missing to yeah. be able to, or just insane confidence. I don't know which one. A mixture of both. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But what if people are, are coming in without any morals already? I mean, the thing is, is for instance, um, my wife and I saw the um, the Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. talked we talked about, about that. that on Have you seen that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not yet, but we read the book. Oh, my goodness. Well, okay. That's, I really want to see the book because it, it, it goes down that path you're talking. Yeah. Uh, when it comes down to... Someone who knows they're doing wrong and continue to do wrong. Yeah. Is there fraud in every story? I, I feel like there is. I, an I, element, I feel like we can right? find a bit of fraud and like just human lying. Yeah. To me, with the Killers of the Flower Moon, it's like, what are you willing to do for money mm-hmm. and how are you going to justify it? Like, yeah. it's like they don't need this money because they're Indians. Yeah, exactly. And justifying that to themselves. Yeah. I can't. I can't imagine that. And just like people killing just for money. I'm like, when did that become the line you're then going to cross next? It's one thing to steal. It's another thing to kill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
yeah, and so that that was that inheritance fraud. So that's mm-hmm. also a romance scam, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. another kind. Not to spoil yeah. anything. Maybe Scott, you can speak to this a little bit about Elizabeth Holmes. Is that I think her social awkwardness definitely mm-hmm. um, contributed, but also her like she's a a beautiful woman. She was young. She dressed like Steve Jobs. She clearly had these like idiosyncrasies. She became Mm -hmm. like a character for people. And I often wonder, I don't know much about like business fraud, but I wonder if that contributed to her getting nailed for lying to people because it's maybe this is just my like preconception, but don't businesses lie to people a lot? Like, Every day, all day. Well, yeah, but the, the, the thing is, is though, it's kind of crazy to mm. think about that because then you're implicating everything that's going on around the world. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. Did anybody read the book about her, Bad Blood? No. By John Carreyrou? Okay. No. Very good book. Uh-huh. And it's one of those nonfictions that reads like a novel. When I read it, it oh, was wow. like, okay. holy cow, his books are fantastic. Okay, so in the book, it goes into basically um, she kind of terrified her staff enough that nobody wanted to admit that something was going on. Yeah. And this one guy was the one that kind of went outside the system and finally started reaching out to organizations to get help, yep. so kind of on the sly. And his grandpa was actually on the board of trustees. That, yeah, that was, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name, but it's like if he hadn't have said anything, how long would this have gone on? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, if you want to give her the benefit of the doubt, she had good intentions and she kind of let it run for too far. But it's like, it's interesting to me in that in her running too far, it also became not only lying, but then just like manipulating her staff, threatening people that she was going to destroy their people's health. Yeah, lying to people. people. There were people that got their blood results back, right? People that they told who had cancer that didn't have cancer. It's like, can you imagine the impact on just your emotions? emotional wellness yeah. Oh, yeah. your physical and then health the opposite going of through with that like getting your blood work back saying that you're there's healthy nothing wrong with you and you have and cancer you are, yeah. I, I think that's i think that's a really good point and i want to be really clear that i don't think that by saying that we yes. sort of sympathize with I was, her as a yeah. character disclaimer yeah no just disclaimer that any of the people that we talk about that yeah. there isn't any of them that are that haven't hurt people yes. oh for sure yeah that I would say like that we, you know, wholeheartedly love them and whatever. They all have done really, really terrible things to people. Some more than others. I, when we get into the financial, like that is the, the fraud that I feel like I can't, like, I just can't even, it makes me so mad because yeah. mm-hmm. I think because of the amount of people that it impacts at one time and how like they're not held accountable to the same degree that individual people are. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, disclaimer, we don't. No, no, right. No. Yeah. That disclaimer is really good. And also sort of not policing our own reactions to them. And if our reaction is like, oh, Anna Delvey is awesome. Like yeah. knowing that she's not, knowing right. that she hurt people, knowing yep. that she might have a mental Robbed illness. Let's just people. say might. Yeah. <laughs> like knowing that she did wrong. Mm-hmm. But then also just being curious about maybe our reaction to her Mm -hmm. as a person and why that's sort of, why that's appealing and what that might say about the system. Yeah, like what, especially people who, okay, there's my personal preference. I like the fraud stories where the person is raised, who 
who had to scramble to the top of the ladder. Um, Rags to riches stories. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. if, you know, they're scamming along the way. But, oh, you well. Know, oh. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like, a story. I at think that, that kind of goes uh, to the point that you were saying a long time ago of like, what is the underlying theme between all of these fraud stories? And I think personally, um, that it has to do with like the amount our system is set up for corruption Mm -hmm. and like the people that profit off of the corruption and the people that can get away with the corruption. And then the kind of like rags to riches, you know, people that are trying to just get along within the system and like break the rules. Don't break the rules. Yeah. If that's- that, this is, this is getting really deep because <laughs> I, I look at, I look at capitalism as a system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't look at it as being um, uh, corrupt or, or bad or evil or what, or what, whatever word that is used to describe it. I look at the people that are in the system of capitalism yeah. being those things. And you I think that it like that capitalism can be, I, I think if people do it right, I, it, yeah, I think, I think I, I, we had a conversation, I had a f- friend of mine years ago about systems, about socialism, communism, capitalism, and, you know, in some way, they probably each all work mm-hmm. until you put a human element in it. Fair. And I think the human element is what creates the corruption yes. it creates the it brings the corruption because you because because the question i was going to ask you was i was wondering what's the background of all the fraudsters mm-hmm. that we're talking about today where did they grow up how did they grow up what were the parents like yeah yeah you know, how did how did how did the world or their world help create yeah. them because i'm wondering now we've got things that are on trial at this very table and we need to really think about how far back do we need to go to begin to understand what made mm-hmm. all the things that are going on now going on. Now don't mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, the system can have some some flaws in it. Yeah. I don't doubt that at all. But I wonder then who are the people that are making it and why is the system allowed to operate in that fashion? That's a really good question. And it makes me think of so I'm thinking of three women fraud stars because those are the stories I usually gravitate towards. So mm-hmm. Elizabeth Holmes who's Holmes who's born into privilege, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anna Delvey who There was a show about her, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it was okay. good. Okay. There's two actually. Um Anna Delvey who wasn't, I don't think. She was No, her she was working class. Yes, right. Her dad was a tradesman of some variety mm-hmm. and then started his own like basically it sounds like an HVAC company. Mm-hmm. And then, and she pretends to be a German heiress. Yeah, she pretends to come That's from right. money, so that sort of born on third base. She's like, mm-hmm. well, if I pretend that I was, maybe I can um, get all of the privilege that comes with that. And she mm-hmm. managed yep. to do that. She did for a while, yeah. 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 And that, so it makes you think about that. And then, um, and actually, a 1920s um, <gasps> female fraudster, the one who who. Um, Anna yes. Anderson. So in the yes. in nineteen so in nineteen eighteen, um, that's when uh, in Russia the czar, yeah, the czar, yeah. and his family were murdered by revolutionaries, right. and one of the princesses was Princess Anastasia, which yes. was the cartoon movie that we probably all watched. She was oh the yeah, youngest of the what four daughters? Yes, and then in nineteen twenty, um, there was a woman. She. Um, jumped in off a bridge in Russia and she was sort of fished out and she was clearly not in a great headspace and um, she refused to say who she was Mm -hmm. and she had a, she had a Russian accent. Um, 
she might have jumped off a bridge in Germany, actually, but it, she jumps off a bridge. Um, she has a Russian accent. She doesn't want to identify herself. And so through a series of events, people conclude that she is Princess Anastasia having escaped being murdered by the revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of this genetic testing has been done since then to sort of disprove that theory. Right. But she lived out her days and people as Princess Anastasia with wow. this sort of like... And people like would visit her and bring her things and treat her like she was the legit princess. She moved from one wealthy person's house to the other yep. and... Um, it was much more likely that she was born poor and um, was a really great actress. And she, but I think I don't know how well she was. I don't know. That's a whole other story. But what it brings up for me in terms of like in the context of thinking about Elizabeth Holmes and Anna Delvey is that during that time there was like the extreme version of being born into privilege, which mm-hmm. was the monarchy. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. having this sort of uh, religiously sanctioned and government sanctioned privilege and like what what can you do to be a part of my uh, royalty except to be born into it so right. that's like the yeah. right. something that we're kind of still dealing with today even though we don't have monarchy we have this being born into privilege the wealthy heiress your family's mm-hmm. rich sort right. of thing. exactly so <laughs> that's wow. where my thoughts are on that end. Okay. Other than that, then these fraud, like pretending that you were born into this privilege is fraud, but it is the only way to do it if you weren't, you know, okay. the right. only way to achieve that privilege if you weren't. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I guess, I guess, Claire, then I kind of wonder then when you were when coming up with the people that you were looking to have a conversation about, did, mm-hmm. did you uh, pay attention to their backgrounds? What, what were the factors that made you look um, into who they were? Oh, good question. I feel like they all come from places of middle of the road mm. privilege mm-hmm. and they're chasing this next level or this high level, even looking at like uh, Jordan Belfort or um, Frank Abagnale going back to like right. financial fraud of yeah. they still have a ton of privilege Yeah, and just chasing after this ideal level of success mm-hmm. or money. And I, I don't know. I don't feel like we have a ton of examples of people that are extremely poor. Yes. Um, you, you always wonder, like for instance, the Jordan Balfour. I remember when I was, a, I was, I was working down at oldie discount about the age myself here, but uh, it was interesting because we would see, um, Oh my goodness. Uh, statements from Stratton Oakmont, which is the mm-hmm. firm that he yeah. had. And I had, I took the time out one time to look to see what the big deal was. Mm-hmm. I had to, I probably did this maybe four or five years ago. And I found all of the um, Stratton Oakmont sales scripts that they would use to talk to people mm-hmm. about. And you'd be surprised because the thing is, is that when you think about building a business and trying to do something, you know, mm-hmm. you, Alex Hermosi says you have to sell something to somebody and you have to figure out what that is and begin to do it. And so you begin to wonder, what did Jordan Balfour do, for example, to think about when did he cross the line? And that's what I was asking about. Mm-hmm. Who, what's the character like of a person? Is it Does greed push him over? Does fear push him over? Yeah. What pushes him over? Mm. Or were they already there and they just kind of found the right place to plant themselves to be able to take advantage of it? Mm. <sighs> Going back to what, that was a heavy sign to the microphone, sorry. <laughs> Going back to what Olivia said earlier about playing those games and being able to step into a role, uh-huh. right? Do you ever think that these people who, middle class, like I assume I was 
middle class. I don't know if you guys, so like a lot of us, um, middle class. So is this a game for them? Is it to see how Mm -hmm. far they can go Mm -hmm. just because, you know, everyone's been in that situation at a job maybe where you feel like you've done everything that you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Normal person is just like, I'm going to go find a more challenging job. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe for them, they've done everything. They feel like they've done everything in their field, finance, whatever. So is it like a, well, I wonder if I could kind of, I wonder what would happen if I do this. Because the first time you do something, you can write it off as a mistake, right? And be like, oh, you know what? Sorry, I overstepped. I did the wrong thing. My bad. But if you don't get caught, it becomes a little bit more attractive to, you keep pushing that line back in the sand. Like, I'm going to cross it again, but it's it's like a further gap now. Mm -hmm. What can I get away with? So I sometimes, when I hear about this stuff, that's kind of what my mind thinks is maybe this is like a fun game for someone. Because they don't have any stakes in it. They're not going to go bankrupt like all Mm -hmm. these people in the recession. They're not going to lose their house. They're not going to. What's the worst that's going to happen? A lot of them go on trial and they're able to pay their way out of it. They just pay what would be an exorbitant fine for us, but they don't get jail time. Like So going kind of full circle back to the big short, which we kind of mentioned in the beginning, how many of those guys that are mentioned in that book actually serve time? There was none of them. One guy, really? I think one. Maybe. There's one guy, two guys that I heard of, but I don't know if they're both mentioned in the Big Short. But there was um, Harding Advisory LLC. That now that's kind that's of funny. A different. Is that a different situation? I'm not sure. I got to read about that okay. one. Because so there was that guy, and then there was another gentleman that was mentioned when I was looking at New York Times, like the ripple effect of who really took the hit. But all these guys in this story doing these illegal things. None of them will go to jail. Yeah. No, no, no. Actually, I'm trying to... Th- is that the big short, though? I'm trying to think. Because in, in the big I short... I might be confusing because I was looking up stuff around that same okay, time. So okay. it could be something slightly different, but so, same time period. Yeah. So the big short, what happened there was that they found... What, the big short... Now, see, the big short is a perfect Robin Hood kind of a story. Yeah. Because what happens is you got a guy, Michael Burry, who ends mm-hmm. up finding out a situation where it's like... I used to be a bond salesman and, and bond trader. And so when you're a bond salesman, you know about all these things and the most... The, the biggest thing that you need to learn is that there's this, this a, it's an indenture that the bond is supposed to kind of operate by so that the investors get what they're supposed to get. The people who want the money get what they're supposed to get mm-hmm. and everything operates the way it's supposed to. Well, when you read a bond indenture, it's about almost like two to 300 pages sometimes. Wow, and, so, and so Michael Burry, though, he had the capacity to take the time out to read that. So he read every last one of those pages to find out that if, uh, the company did something during a certain period of time. There were a couple different criteria that made this up that they would have to sell out or buy or do something that related to what was in that bond indenture to let people know that you only can benefit. So he found out that if you did this particular thing, he would benefit from it. And so he was running this little bit of a hedge fund called Scion Capital. And he went to all these huge banks that issued all of these bonds Mm -hmm. and then took the time out to make a play against what was going to possibly happen. And that's when you found out that the housing market was what he was betting against, that all these mortgages that they had were crap and they were just going to pretty soon collapse because people were not being smart, fair, willing to commit fraud in some situations or um, getting loans for, for, for uh, a home that they probably shouldn't have gotten. Uh, And as a result, you know, they found a way in it. And so there was him, he did it from that perspective. Another guy did it from a perspective where it involved just kind of paying attention to the markets. Cause if you're in it all day, you kind of notice things. And if you look at things from percentages, 
you notice quite a bit. Um, and then there was another guy who just noticed it uh, just from the perspective of just kind of wanting to do something in that market. And then all of a sudden they found out that they could do something in the market, but they found something as well. So they all found their own ways of discovering this anomaly that was going to going to happen in the market and they all profited from it. And what you, went to jail. The people yeah. who should have gone to jail, the ones that created those mortgage backed securities, no. Okay. See, and then Elizabeth Holmes is in jail for eleven that's, years. Okay. Exactly. That, yeah. There's a whole thing though. I feel like it's wow. Yeah, we can have conversations about that. Podcast. That would be that would be what were you gonna say, Claire? Oh no, I was just gonna say as far as the um Michael Burry and like those Yeah. Being able to bet against the corruption is falls into that category of like rebelling or proving yes. how unethical the system, system that is. Yep. is. I honestly don't really think though that that's any better than the financial companies that created the mess because you're still profiting off of the off of the fraud. It brings I don't up know. a lot of questions. It really does. It brings up a it's lot a fair, of questions. It is a fair question. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and but think of nobody. Think of what if nobody could profit off of that fraud? Mm. Would it have ever been exposed? Mm. That's the thing. When you're buying and selling, question. when you're buying and selling, you begin to wonder how do you how do you do it? Because they're not doing it with humans. They're doing it with instruments. Mm. I would love to do a part two if you guys would ever want uh, to I'd love back. to do a part two. Yeah. We could kind of get more into some of these more specific um, topics, but I think we should probably wrap up for today because they need the room. Can I mention the books really quick that we talked about today? Sure. So The Big Short is by Michael Lewis, mm-hmm. uh, same guy that wrote Moneyball, correct? Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, so Elizabeth Holmes and her company Theranos. There's a book by John Carreyrou called Bad Blood, mm-hmm. Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup. There's also a Netflix documentary called The Inventor Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. Wow. And then, um, and then when we're talking about Anna Delvey, um, who's alleged real name was Anna Sorokin, which that's not even like her real name, apparently. Um, there is a pin down that one. She's an that? enigma. She's a sneaky one. <laughs> There's a semi-fictionalized uh, Netflix called Inventing Anna. There is a book called Rachel, um, excuse me, by Rachel Deloach Williams called My Friend Anna, The True Story of a Fake Heiress. Wow. Um, and the reason that she was the one that kind of wrote that book and started things was that, um, Anna Delvey scammed her $62,000 when she was working for Vanity Fair and she had to put that on the company and then go after her to get that money back. So, or try to get the money back. So So many good things to read. So much So many podcasts. So we'll maybe compile if you ever would like to come back. And I just probably should have said this at the beginning. We're not experts on scams we just have a lot of feelings about them yeah, yeah. A lot of feelings. <laughs> it's what we talked about today so i'm sure particularly me probably got the details wrong on some of these if we did please let us know and when we do a part two maybe we can correct all the wrong things i said exactly. <laughs> um thank you so much thank you, thank you so much you. for coming in thank yeah because next time i want to hear claire so talk more about yeah because yeah. i mean some of the things that she was got like, lots like, of notes yeah, yeah. i noticed Cults. that yeah she, when you mentioned jordan belfort i'm like okay she's really going yeah going in. i can't wait especially next time we should talk about how all of silicon valley is basically like all of these tech startups Correct. are all lying like we yeah. didn't get into any of this tech stuff i think yeah. we definitely have oh, to do we should that. do the tech stuff thank you so much awesome. in the meantime you see you thank next you. time in the meantime don't get scammed don't give anybody gift cards 
stop stay away from stop that hitting up uh, hitting uh, up people on tinder yeah. <laughs> <Winning the view. laughs> watch out lavish for riches <laughs> tinder scams yeah no tinder swindlers okay we gotta go right. Right. okay right. bye. Awesome. bye see you bye <laughs> thank you for listening to the books we loved a podcast through the troy public library you can find more information about the books and library services we mentioned in the show on our website at troypl.org slash podcast. If you would like to suggest a topic for future discussion, please email us at podcast at troypl.org. Thank you for listening and happy reading. <laughs> <laughs>